Get more Star Wars discussions every month with the Back to Tank Patreon exclusive shows. From Star Wars comics and book reviews to speculative discussions and breakdowns. All when you pledge to our Patreon page. What? Go to patreon.com slash Digital for more details. As you wish. Warning from the Back to Tank contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue. We would be honored if you would join us. How are you feeling? Your latest workups on your condition indicate that all damage has been reversed. Recovery is total. I believe you have been quite fortunate. No further thanks are necessary, Commander, but you are most welcome. It is my function and pleasure as a metaphor to help and heal human beings. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. All right, hello, welcome. We are here in the cockpit of this white T-1300 freight. Freighter? Not freight. That would be actually like um, cargo. Yeah. We're not, we're not in cargo. We're not in the cargo hold. No. Um, all right, so a lot of Star Wars news to get through. Despite COVID-19 being a thing that's sweeping the nation, keeping people indoors, preventing productions from shooting, film shoots shutting down, TV shows going kaput. But hey, we still got hopes and dreams with all of these headlines that are hitting the interwebs. It seems like, hey, we can't do anything, but let's start planning. Which that's smart. At least that's a good use of time, right, David? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, this would be a perfect time for everyone to get caught up on Clone Wars. What are you talking? I, I just said nothing about Clone Wars. I'm talking. Oh, Jesus Christ. Is it going to be this type of show? No, no, no. no. Because you're so excited. Yes, you got to bring something up. Yep. That we're not even talking about. <laughs> I'm talking about the, you know, I'm not even going to explain myself. Raina knew what I was talking about. Yes. Yes. Lots of planning, which is smart. Studios should not be just sitting on their hands. At least they are planning things and getting things ready. So once all the stay at home bullshit gets over with, they can just boom, green light shit. Yes. Because if they don't green light shit, the moment COVID-19 is a thing of the past. Oh, something's wrong. Yeah. Something is wrong. I'm going to execute order 6-6 on everyone over at Lucasfilm. Except Dave Filoni. Yeah, Dave Filoni is safe. Now that's your segue into your excitement, David. That's how it works. (laughs) That's how it would work. Because Dave Filoni gave us arguably the best Star Wars we've had in a while. Are you squealing? Oh my god, he's like a giddy little girl right now. He's kind of sounded like a fangirl. I don't lie. Last, if you haven't been watching the latest season of Clone Wars right now, you're not a Star Wars fan. <laughs> oh, calling right I will, out. I will call that. I hate you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't understand why people aren't watching it other than the fact that, hey, I'm a, I'm a little behind, so I'll catch up eventually. It's partially that. Honestly, yeah. it's it, it, if you haven't watched Clone Wars from the very beginning, it's really tough to jump in. And in all seriousness, I do understand why there are fans out there of Star Wars that kind of miss the bus. Yeah, well, I know? don't think people are really aware how great it is. I think the yeah. 
the Star Wars fans that are more about the movies and the comics, they may just think, oh, you know, that's just Star Wars fans getting overly excited. And they are not really stopping and thinking, holy shit, is it really that good? Or is it just a bunch of Star Wars fans who are overly excited? And I'll say, no, it's really that good. It's watch really it. That good. I mean, like, you got to watch Clone Wars and Rebels. It's one of those things that basically has now become something that I think as Star Wars fans, we should we should start championing. Yeah. Is kind of like, hey, yes, the movies are great. It's great. And it's okay to actually be just a fan of just the movies. Absolutely. But there's also really great Star Wars stuff out there that is being neglected. Yeah. For sure. The good thing about Disney Plus, though, is that it has recently created a lot more excitement for Clone Wars and Rebels. I know various people that work on this network who never really gave Rebels a chance because it was on Disney XD, now are walking into the studio. They'll remain nameless because I'm not going to shame them right now. They have walked into the studio and they're like, so I finally watched Rebels, Mike. And now I understand (laughs) why you love it so much. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. So that's one big positive about Disney Plus. And it is bringing in a new not era, but a, a different demographic of fans. You know, typically people that just don't want to watch Disney XD. And I'll be honest, I almost didn't watch Rebels because it was on Disney XD. And the only reason why yeah, I remember I, you telling me that a long, long time ago before we started, you weren't really sure. Yeah. So I understand. Good news is, though, are you ready, Dave? The the, the unexpected has happened, or is it expected when you look at the landscape currently? Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker is arriving to Disney Plus on May the 4th, which when this show goes live, that would be actually two days ago. So let's go back in time really fast. (laughs) (laughs) Let's take the audience back in time just for a moment. May the 4th, Dave. Now, I did not expect this or see it coming just because of the amount of money it takes to make a movie like this. And they're willing to put it on a streaming service just six weeks after the Blu-ray dropped on us. Just about, right? Just about. And yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm really surprised. However, I, a part of me is also saying, well, we all know that one of the big things lately especially the past couple years Mm -hmm. for star wars is hammering in the fact that may the 4th is Uh, a holiday for us yeah that becomes (laughs) almost like a not just a national holiday but a global holiday because it it, even in in europe there's a huge fan base i don't know about global i don't see the starving kids in africa you know stopping on may the 4th to celebrate (laughs) star wars i don't i don't see that happening you never know you know Maybe drop yeah, it instead don't be of so food. Judgy. I don't see Kim Jong Un allowing his actually his citizens. Korea. I wouldn't be surprised. Really, I wouldn't be surprised. Hmm. Kim Jong Un has some taste. Then well, I, wonder, I wonder if Kim Jong Un likes the sequel trilogy. Should we ask him? <laughs> I'm <gonna> tweet him. <laughs> tweet him. <laughs> yeah. Now it does make sense because of the landscape. So yes, it's unexpected, but upon reviewing the data. The Rise of Skywalker kind of was handed a lemon in terms of release. That I agree. Because of coronavirus. 
Mm-hmm. And especially with the rumors of a potential re-release into theaters with extended scenes, all these things were supposed to happen. And now we'll never know if it would have happened. But because they had to cut their theatrical run short, then the Blu-ray sales are not where they need to be because, again, there's less places to buy the movies. Yes, you have the people that will order it on Amazon and Walmart and Vudu and all those different places. But a lot of times... Buys like that are convenient buys, meaning you're in the store and you see Rise of Skywalker sitting there on the display and you're like, oh, I'm going to buy that. Yep. Tons of people. In fact, I would say a good 50, 60 percent of the Blu-ray sales, that's where they come from. It's convenient buys. You're like you're in the store, you're doing your shopping and you see a movie sitting on the shelf and you go pick it up. Yes. So now that's not happening. They have taken a huge hit in terms of Blu-ray DVD sales. So in retrospect, them dropping it on the streaming service makes perfect sense. It does make sense when you take it all, all of the recent issues, when you take it all into account. Well, a lot of a lot of like streaming service companies are taking a look at the landscape now, and I, I've been seeing that basically they've been releasing more and more high-profile movies mm-hmm. faster because of the situation that we're in right now. Just like what you said. Buying a Blu-ray or a DVD nowadays is almost kind of like it, it's a it's an instant it's a no, it's an easy convenience, you know. Just like what you said, you go to the store, you see right. it on the shelf, bang, I'm going to buy it. Now they don't have that audience anymore, and you're seeing it with like especially like Netflix when they release some of their past. Yeah, all the studios are doing it they're, right they're, now. They're starting to do it right now because they're beginning to see that hey. We're the the situation's not changing right now. We're in fact, people are like saying like this this is a this time is like a game changer for the film industry. Right. The the things that happen right now are gonna forever change the industry. And hey, listen, Rise of Skywalker took a hit. There's nothing they can do about it anymore. Not there's nothing they can do. So let's drop it on Disney Plus. Let's see how people react. And who knows, maybe this will be a new trend. Maybe this will be a good test subject of sorts so that they can say, all right, well, Rise of Skywalker did really well on the streaming service. Let's see about releasing straight to streaming service films. Let's do that more often because they're already doing it with other Disney IPs. So why wouldn't they do the same thing with Star Wars down the road? Now, I'm of the mindset that I want... I want my Star Wars movies in the theater. I was That's, I was going to ask you about that. I have like, not changed my mind. Yeah. I believe Star Wars should be seen on the big screen. I don't want Star Wars to become a small screen property, even though it looks like it slowly is becoming that. But I don't want Lucasfilm and Disney to become comfortable and say, well, we'll just drop it here and bypass theaters. Well, especially with like the latest scares lately. With the the outside of like Star Wars stuff that's possibly going to affect it, like this news of AMC, yeah, the turmoil of AMC actually going bankrupt, yeah, and all those theaters closing up, the theater business is going to be like I'm I'm really interested when we get fully back, will the theater service will the theater business still be there? Yeah, it'll still be there. It'll just be very different. It'll be very different. Raina, are you a are you a stickler for seeing a Star Wars film for the first time 
at the theater or does it really matter to you at this point in the game? No, I have to see it in the theater. Yeah, it's just a, yeah. it's just an experience. And I know maybe that's a bit of a a spoiled view. You know, I want to see the movie in the theater, but that's the whole point of the theater is you get the whole experience of the awesome sound design all around you, the the action and excitement of seeing people react to it because I don't like people as most people know. But for <laughs> some reason at the theater, I'm okay with it because it's part of the experience. Yes. yes I don't want people breathing down my neck and their crying babies should be removed. Gestapo style. Just get them out of there. Wow. Yeah. If you're going to ruin my movie experience, <laughs> I'll ruin well, your life. Star Wars fans are pretty good. I mean, yeah. you get immersed in the experience, and that's yeah. why you want to see it in the theater. I mean, when we saw The Rise of Skywalker, we went on New Year's Eve, so we were watching it at midnight when it struck. And there was a guy sitting next to me. He thought my kids were going to be assholes, and they weren't because they like Star Wars. Yeah. They're good fans. Well, you duct tape your thing. kids' mouth shut, though, right? That's, <laughs> I heard that's what you do at the theater. Yeah, but I made it look like, you know, a Kylo Ren and Darth Vader mask. There so you go. nobody really questioned it. Oh, so let's say, so you duct tape their mouth shut, then you put a mask over, over their head so people can't see. <laughs> You yes. tape their mouth. Okay. And you gotta you gotta actually think about it historically with Star Wars. Star Wars and going to the movies. I like how David is, just breezes right past the abuse story. Like it's normal. Like it's, well, up. it is, isn't it? <laughs> that, that's normal, right? Welcome I know that to, to me. <laughs> you know, my my parents wrapped the Ewok mask around my face, so <laughs> my father beat me with a lightsaber. <laughs> Shut up. Don't say anything. <laughs> but like my uncle used to probe me with an imperial probe droid. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's, that's a little far. My uncle used to make me dress up as slave Leia. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> and you notice he still loves doing that too. Like, was it really that bad? <laughs> <laughs> my like, uncle used to tell me I will eventually come to appreciate him and then stick his giant tongue out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What were you going to say, Dave? But like when you think about Star Wars, the whole birth of Star Wars started from the frenzy it caused in theaters back in the 70s. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And when I think when when people think about Star Wars now, they always think of like going to the theaters, sometimes standing in lines camping out mm -hmm. star wars is the only franchise to ever do that there's mm -hmm. no other franchise that i can think of that would cause that type of fan loyalty where people will camp outside a theater to actually wait yeah for you <laughs> at least at that time if things were still like that in terms of technology i, I could see people doing it for marvel films now and other things but but yeah star wars was the franchise that had that rare opportunity to be all alone at that time yeah and it'll even, never be the same i mean think about it the thing the stories that me and you have talked about in the past with, mm -hmm. with star wars like it even carried on when the prequels came out when phantom menace first showed up people would go to different movies just to see the trailer yeah that's insane. Yeah, I went to go see that shitty Wing Commander movie <laughs> so I can both. see the Phantom Menace trailer. And then nowadays, remember when the Force Awakens trailer came out? 
people had emotional breakdowns. And David, the young kids out there may be saying, may, may be saying why would you go to a movie theater to see a preview? That doesn't make any sense. Just go on YouTube. <laughs> Just there was YouTube. no YouTube! <laughs> they don't understand. They don't get it. It's get so it. easy to see a trailer nowadays. In fact, sometimes I avoid watching trailers on YouTube or on the internet when they're released because I want to see it for the first time in the theater. In the theater. I don't think a lot of people are like that anymore. I think a lot of people are just used to the idea of having that, you know, convenience. Yeah. The instant, the instantaneous video trailer in front of them whenever they want with a click of the mouse. All right. So let's move through the news here. Cassian Andor series replaces showrunner with Rogue One writer. Positivity here, Dave. Well, I'm not going to get too aggressive here, but I have to ask this question at least once per show. It seems like what the fuck (laughs) is happening over at Lucasfilm? Kathleen, why can they not have one project without chaos? They can't. It's they're not capable of real leadership. This has got to be at this point. This is teetering on Warner Brothers type of management. You know, we make that joke about them always fucking up DC in terms of strategic release releases of their movies, plans of actions of what they're going to do in terms of their connected universe. I think Disney and Lucasfilm may replace them soon as the butt of all jokes. Because yes, their projects for the most part are fine. I don't think there's a quality issue necessarily, but why is there so much fucking chaos? Yeah, this is not normal. This isn't normal anymore. Now, people may say, well, you know, there's a lot of planning that goes on behind the scenes with movies. People get fired. And that is true. And also true is the fact that we are privy to so much more information because of the Internet than years past with other projects. And there, there are going to be some problems here and there. But this is every single project. The leaders, the directors, the showrunners are being fired and replaced. Where there's smoke, the there's fire. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Dave, that's you know? not normal, right? It's not. And here's the One project, part. two projects, fine. Yes. Every project? Exactly. And you- See, Mike, but you call it chaos. Disney Plus refers it to as a creative shuffle behind the scenes. <laughs> creative shuffle. Uh, do you work for their PR department? Because that sounded pretty good, actually. <laughs> it's direct in in an article that I read. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. But like back back when they actually had their quote unquote drama, especially with their changing of directors mm-hmm. or. The multiple changes, like Rogue One, all of a sudden, oh, they're the editor, they have to change edits and stuff like that. Me and you would defend that and say, hey, this is what happens in the industry. This is what happens in production. It's okay. But to what, to your point that basically suddenly every single series they do. Okay, this is what, this is what's normal, Dave. Okay, let me show you another example on the Disney side. Okay, Marvel. Marvel had some growing pains right around Iron Man 2 and 3. Yes. And Thor, right around that time, the Thor film and Iron Man 2 and 3, there was a lot of issues behind the scenes. 
the director of the Thor movie hated the movie. When he went to go see it at the red carpet premiere, he was shocked because he did not know they were going to change his movie. John Favreau had a huge falling out with Disney. Luckily, he was able to mend those, those fences, those bridges, and come back on board for Star Wars stuff. But he had a falling out. He said he'll never work on a major blockbuster Disney project again. There are issues when you're dealing with massive properties. But they got those inks worked out. And now it's a finely oiled machine. I don't agree with all their creative decisions, but there isn't all the chaos behind the scenes. Yes. There are all those creative differences. Star Wars now is going on. Let's put this into perspective. Eight years. We don't realize how much time has gone by. Disney has now owned Star Wars for eight years. And there's nothing but chaos behind every single project. The Mandalorian, Clone Wars, and Rebels are the only three projects they've done where there's no issues. Force Awakens, JJ, fine. No problems there. Last Jedi, multiple problems. The Rise of Skywalker, multiple problems. Rogue One, multiple problems. Solo, the biggest problems of all. Firing the director after 90% of the movie's done. Obi-Wan. Drama on set. New writers. Now we have Cassie and Andor series. Now, I was really excited for this series because it was being run by Stephen Schiff. Yes. He's the guy behind the Americans. Mm -hmm. The spy saga. This is going to be a spy series. And it made sense. It made sense. Plus, Stephen Schiff is an amazing fucking showrunner. I was like, yes, you're bringing some quality to your pool of talent. Yes. Now, there is some silver lining here. Star Wars Rogue One co-writer Tony Gilroy is replacing as showrunner. Now, if that name seems familiar, it should. He's also the one that had come in to replace air quotes here. Or I should say to take control of reshoots for Rogue One. For Rogue One. So he is the real director of Rogue One. Gareth Edwards bowed out very silently, which was good for his career. Very professional too. Very professional. But Gareth Edwards is, is still credited as the director. But all of us know that he is not the director of that movie. Tony Gilroy is. So that is a positive. The fact that the director of Rogue One is coming on board. Yes. He's got some experience with it. Exactly. So that is a plus. But he's also a film guy. That's the negative. <laughs> he's not a TV guy. He's not a TV guy. And I just watched an entire video with George Lucas and Dave Filoni on the Star Wars show where they actually talk in detail about the differences of film and TV and had two different mediums and very different type of writing. Yeah. I was like, thank you Filoni for fucking saying it because people need to know you can't just take, Oh, you're a film director and writer. Okay. I'm going to put you here, run a TV show and act like it's a movie. It's not, it's not the same. Well, especially since now I say this, with a caveat that basically, hey, Mandalorian was a great series. It was a fun series. It was fun, yeah. But 
the one knock on it was the fact that you can tell that John Favreau was out of his element. As great as John Favreau was. There were some writing issues. There was some writing issues yeah. because he didn't know the what I what me and you have always said is the writing cues, writing points. Yeah. For for television. This is what I see Tony Gilroy running into is like you'd think that the Disney Disney would actually realize, hmm, one of the biggest problems we had in the Mandalorian, even though it was a success, was the yeah, filmmaker, but- John Favreau, had issues with trying to get everything to work properly within that production. The thing is, though, is Disney's not looking at it as any issues because what they see is a viral sensation. That's what they see. So any issues that were in the first season of The Mandalorian, they're probably unaware of it because they don't pay attention. They don't give a fuck about that stuff. They're executives counting their cash. They see that it's a huge viral sensation and everybody loves Baby Yoda. Go ahead, proceed business as usual. I'm hoping Filoni and his genius as executive producer noticed noticed the issues. And he says, because he cares about quality control, he says, let's make some changes here and there. That's my hope for season two. Yes. But bringing it back to Cassian Andor series. We have Tony Gilroy as the showrunner and we have apparently Stephen Schiff will remain attached to the production as a writer, which is weird. Very strange. That's I'm dying to know what happened. Because how like, does a guy get demoted, but then he stays in the writing room? So that's also a positive. So I'm not positive. as I'm not as stressed out about this project as others. Also, Bo Williamson, uh, the House of Cards writer, and Gilroy's brother so far are a part of the writing. Dan room. Gilroy, yeah, and that's a big positive as well. Is that with the Mandalorian, you essentially had Favaro probably write eighty percent of the first season. Whereas this show looks like it's actually forming a fucking writing room, which is a huge plus as well. So I'm not afraid yet. I'm not scared. I actually feel okay. I'm a little uneasy that there's more drama, but for the most part, I think we can still rest easy and be happy with this project, how it's moving. Well, especially with the, the, uh, the Gilroy brothers aside, the fact that you maintain Schiff for, writing so his story whatever he was planning might be still intact but then you also doubled down with Bo William who did House of Cards yeah and his writing with Schiff House of Cards is great I think could actually work out really well yeah that's why I'm not entirely stressed out I was just trying to prove my point in the beginning that Disney is just falling right back into their their drama zone for some reason but outside of that being at the headline I'm still okay with this project as is. I'm not stressed out yet. I don't think not we're yet. in the point of no return yet. We're not, you know, we don't. It looks like it could work. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, yeah. On paper. It looks like it could work, but I'm worried that Disney just keeps overthinking their production. Yeah. Exactly. And because like on paper, this works. You have two very, uh, very capable writers who were showrunners at one point on two major series working with a filmmaker who has the hot hand right now. Let's, let's say what it is. Gilroy basically just like what you said, brought in rogue one. 
so it makes sense for for Tony Gilroy and Dan, Dan Gilroy, his brother, mm-hmm. to come in and say, hey, we started Rogue One. Here's what we're going to continue maybe our story. You think Gareth Edwards is like in a corner crying? He's like, it should have been my series. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 I was, I'm attached to that Godzilla one, and that series is going nowhere. But here's the thing. That one, that I'm glad Gareth Edwards hasn't said anything in all honesty. You know what? I, he has nothing but my respect. He has my respect. Because he did what not any other director that's been fired or removed has been able to do. Keep your mouth shut, toe the company line, and guess what? You'll be remembered favorably. Yeah. I mean, most people aren't even aware of the Rogue One drama because he didn't. He didn't say anything. He didn't stink up the place. Because if you think about it, Gareth Edwards was a Kathleen Kennedy decision. <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy made that decision to bring yeah. in Gareth Edwards. Well, she let him go. And then in Solo, Kathleen, Kathleen Kennedy decided to bring in the the creators of the Lego the movie to do Solo. They got let go. <laughs> Dude, Kathleen Kennedy's got to be let go. I'm not- <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy was the one who brought in Rian Johnson. Yeah. We know where that went. <laughs> we where Dude, that- it all, I hate to say, I don't, I don't want to follow the trends on social media, but it really, all negative roads lead to her. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Me and you have defended Kathleen Kennedy since day one. We did for seven and a half years. Dave. For seven and a half years, we defended her. The last two years, she hasn't made a really strong case to defend her. Now, just because Star Wars, because uh, I, I don't want to get into negativity. Let's not do this. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, we're already on this road. Let's yeah. just keep treading. No, I, let's pull back. Let's yes, talk we'll about the Cassian Andor series. Let's continue to talk about the Cassian Andor series and the positives. It adds two new cast members, and I'm really excited for these. Yes. Okay. The show is adding uh, Stellan Skarsgård. I love him. <laughs> Freaking cool. He actor. is so good. And Kyle Soller. Hollywood Reporter is also reporting that Mon Mothma will also be in this, and Denise Gao. Is that how you say her last name? Denise Gao will be yes. reprising that role. No, I take that back. I'm sorry. Denise Gao has not been her role. Jesus Christ. I'm all confused because Kathleen Kennedy fucks my life up. <laughs> I thought it was Genevieve. Yes. Um, You're right. It's um, Genevieve O'Reilly. Yes. Yeah. Genevieve yeah, O'Reilly have. will be reprising her role as Mon Mothma. And her, I don't realize that. She's a deep cut now. For example, she was actually cast in Revenge of the Sith. There was supposed to be a, a Mon Mothma scene in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Unfortunately, it was cut. It was shot. I believe it's on the deleted scenes within the Blu-ray. Luckily, she was willing to come back, even though her scene was cut for Rogue One. And now she is coming back to reprise her role in a more consistent steady story arc i'm assuming in this series and i couldn't be more excited because dude the casting of o'reilly i've always been happy with it because she looks exactly like the actress that played mon mothma in return of the jedi way back in the 80s oh absolutely it was an amazing casting choice genevieve o'reilly was one of the really things i was really happy with in rogue one because they did they brought that character to the forefront where she should be. 
Well, she's the leader of the Rebel Alliance, and we don't we've never really learned that much about her. No. And that's the thing, is kind of like they took a character that we as all Star Wars fans knew the importance of Mon Mothma, but it was never really done justice till I believe in Rogue One. And the fact well, that they, they Rebels, they did a pretty good job with her in Rebels. They too. did a good job in Rebels, but yeah. I'm talking about like actually trying to bring her to a mass audience. Yeah. Right? I agree. Yeah. Because remember, we stated just in the beginning of the show that, hey, Rebels and Clone Wars, as much as they're awesome and we love them, there's not enough love that's given to them because mass audiences are fickle. Yeah. But like Rogue One was a, was actually a success mass audience wise. And the fact that they were able to bring that character out, I'm really excited what what she's going to do in the in the uh series well, alongside with Diego Luna. I don't think people are ready for this, Dave, but this series is going to be a dream come true for everybody, more than the Mandalorian. Because they have also released that it is 5 years before a new hope. I take that back. Yes, five years before New Hope because it's five years before the spinoff. Okay. Hmm. So what else is going on five years before New Hope? All the events of Rebels. All the events of Rebels. So that means we have Inquisitors running around. We have Darth Maul running around. We have Fulcrum, which is Ahsoka. We have Saul Guerrera. We have the Guardians of the Wills. There we have Crimson Dawn and Darth Maul. Crimson Dawn's still around. At Dude, that point. we have Solo, a Star Wars story happening. We have so much shit. <laughs> Fuck, I'm not even ready. And this is a series that you could actually weave around all of that without making it without deviating too much from your main storyline. Because you're literally following Cassian Andor, who is a rebel spy. Yes. Now here's the thing though. This is what I'm actually worried about for the series because there's a lot writing on it now. I know, man. And there's that's why lot. I'm scared because I don't want to be disappointed because my excitement level is through the roof. <laughs> I mean, this is one of those series that I was, I'm really excited about. I was excited about this beforehand because I wanted my Star Wars spy series. Yeah. And from all, from all accounts, we're, we're going to be getting that. But just like what you said, when you put it into that sandwich of, Think of what's happening during this time frame that they put in. You have the great stuff of Rebels. You have all the great stuff of Solo. And they, they're they all colliding in this one series. And you, and if you're watching Clone Wars right now, the way they're crafting Ahsoka's story they're and tying in elements of Rogue One with a, a phrase and the Crimson Dawn story. Ro- Right now, if you're not watching Clone Wars, Clone Wars is literally creating consistency across the entire Star Wars universe by including elements of every single iteration of Star Wars, exactly. pretty much. He, Baloney right now in Clone Wars is doing everything that J.J. tried to do in The Rise of Skywalker. Yes. He tried to make Rise of Skywalker the uh, the sequel of all the Skywalker sagas. And you have Filoni... In the Clone Wars, making Clone Wars the true sequel of every piece of Star Wars ever released. Yes. And he's doing it like it's simple. 
Yeah. And he's doing it within 22 minutes. And because he's doing that, you can see how they can now move into the Obi-Wan series very seamlessly. How they mm-hmm. can continue Darth Maul's story in Solo, a Star Wars story. How they can continue Cassian Andor's series from Rogue One. All because of the consistency that Clone Wars is creating. It's really bringing all these elements together. So I'm getting more excited for this series, but with that excitement, there's a lot of fear. And maybe that's why the showrunner was demoted. Maybe they're like, holy shit, there's a lot riding on this and there's a lot of possibilities and we're bringing a lot of elements in. Maybe we need to bring someone in that we know can do the job. Well, it makes sense because the more and more we get closer to Rogue One, the more higher profile it's starting to become. Because look at Mandalorian. Mandalorian tried to sneak its way past everybody, but then it blew up and it became viral. Just like what you said at the beginning of the show, Rogue One could easily do that. And then some, especially with a very capable writing room for a television series. I'll be honest. I'm more excited for this spinoff series than I am for Obi-Wan. And I love Obi-Wan. I, he's one of my all time favorite characters, but I'm more excited for the Cassian Andor series well, because, because the sky's the limit. Like it's, it literally is limitless possibilities. And the thing is with Obi-Wan is we know that story. We know the bookends. Or we think we know the story. <laughs> That's going to be the tagline. That's going to be the tagline. <laughs> okay, so let's get into this and then we need to go to a break. Speaking of the tagline, yes. Obi-Wan Kenobi Disney Plus series <laughs> has released... I think it wasn't released by them because it's kind of boring. <laughs> I think this was just leaked by some asshole online. Disney Plus series for the Kenobi series. Orig- Jesus. Obi-Wan Kenobi Disney Plus series. The original logline has been revealed and it is r- really boring. When I first saw this article come across my Twitter feed, I was like, okay, pretty cool. Let's see what it says. I'm going to read it to you. This was the logline okay. that supposedly got all the executives at Lucasfilm and Disney super excited. Tatooine, a desert planet where farmers work hard under the heat of two suns. Meanwhile, they try to defend themselves and their loved ones from the Marauder's Tuscan, a planet behind the edge of civilization and a piece where it would be unlikely to find and a jeez, I can't read tonight, David. It's all your fault. <laughs> and a place where it would be unlikely to find a Jedi master or an orphan child on whom the future of the entire galaxy weighs on its small shoulders. <laughs> and yeah, does that get anybody excited? Really? Wow, a series about farming. Yeah. <laughs> How do you open up your logline pitch with that? A desert planet. Where farmers work hard. Oh hell yeah! Let's let's fucking make this shit. Who wrote this? <laughs> <laughs> Yet, on honestly, Raina, does this at all get you excited or like stoke your imagination in any way? I must have missed the part where it said, here's the original log line, because I read that and I was like looking through the article, like, okay, where's the log line? Because <laughs> that was not hitting home. You, you oh, that's amazing. You, she you she, she through it. That's terrible. Dave, would, are you at all interested? No. If, if someone no. were to, if let's say like three years ago, someone's like, hey, Dave, I work at Lucasfilm. You're like, yeah. Uh-huh. I'm like, we're going to be working on an Obi-Wan series. 
Okay. All right. You got uh, my attention. I'm, I'm going to slip you the log line. Tell me what you think. All right. Give me your pitch. A desert planet where farmers work hard under the heat of two suns. Got that? Okay. okay. All right. Meanwhile, they try to defend themselves and their loved ones from Tuscan Raiders. Okay. Now, okay. this is a planet behind the edge of civilization, if you didn't know that. Oh, yeah. yeah. I know that. Okay, and a place where it would be unlikely to find a Jedi Master. Which, by the way, unlikely. But we already Pretty. know. That's I was about to say. I was about to say. <laughs> That's what I was wait, say. wait. But we know that. You've seen the original Star Wars, so it, right? It's not unlikely. It's not unlikely. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm even. This wouldn't even appeal to somebody that doesn't know the story. Yeah. It would actually be worse. The fact that we know the story, we know what it's getting at. But yeah, and, and, oh, and but, I can't. But even when awful. you take a look Maybe at it, this is why the other guy was was fired. Was fired because <laughs> Kathleen it, Kennedy, you know, probably read the log line. Finally, after two years, she decided to read the log line. So, what the fuck is this? Is this the thing we greenlit? <laughs> I mean, oh, wait a second. I got a question. It's this is the original log line. So please tell me they've refreshed. I'm it. sure they have, but we're not going to be privy you, uh, to it right now. You'd hope they would. You hope now a log would. line is just a, a essentially a pitch. It's an elevator pitch. Uh, yeah, but. I'm not buying anything this guy's selling. If I'm the Disney executive in the elevator, like, let's go classic Hollywood. I'm in the elevator. I have my coffee in okay. hand and you're a up and coming, you know, screenwriter and you're trying to sell me this idea and you start with farmers, farmers. I'm like, this is Star Wars. I don't want to hear about fucking farmers. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Call security. I mean, like, the don't get Rhonda. It's time for my blowjob. Oh, wait. That's okay. This is pre Me Too movement. This is two years before, so it's okay. Like, for God's sakes, Mike. David, why do you got to why do you got to just breeze past the jokes today? (laughs) (laughs) I was gonna say, did Kathleen Kennedy have a casting couch or something, and that's how this person (laughs) got on? (laughs) Because Jesus Christ. Well, you know, so she's like, "Hey, it worked for me. I'm talented, right?" Spielberg's just going, "Oh yes, you are." That's her way to talk. Oh yes, you are, bitch. Yeah. All right, Dave. What were you saying? Uh, honestly, I mean, you could come up with a better tagline than this. What, what, me? I could. Anybody so can insulting it? me, Dave. Like even <laughs> you can. <laughs> what I mean is, like, you know, the average person could come up with a better logline than this. I, so anybody, anybody, an executive position, like what you were saying, a physician or position, oh. <laughs> an, a executive position. No one can talk tonight. Apparently, exactly. <laughs> Should be Words fired. Like I'm trying to figure out if this was actually approached, just like what Raina said by Kathleen Kennedy, and she said, "Sounds good." What if she's the one who wrote the logline? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, let's go to a quick break, and then when we get back, we're going to jump into some more exciting Star Wars news. We'll be right back. Get more Star Wars discussions every month with the Back of Tank Patreon exclusive shows. From Star Wars comics and book reviews to speculative discussions and breakdowns. All when you pledge to our Patreon page. What? Go to patreon.com slash Rain Man Digital for more details. As you wish. 
The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. Now get some tits on the stage. Get some tits on the stage. Everybody will forget all of their political beliefs and ideology. Like, who's that hottie McGee? Sex sells, man. It really does. Let's put who's who's a woman that you'd like to see as president? That's Thomas. A, that's a politician. No, I didn't say politician. Okay, just okay. a woman. What's the Mexican lady that has a very thick accent from that sitcom <laughs> with the family? A family show. Oh, Modern Family? Yeah, Modern Family. Like, if you were to put her on that stage and say, hey, she's a Democrat, I think there would be people I'd vote crossing for party lines. Yeah, I would vote what, for what, her She's married to... Uh, Sophia Vergara. Ver- there you go. There you yeah, go. people would be crossing party lines to vote We'd see for some her. real change at that point. Yeah, all the states that were red now turn in blue. I don't know. Is she born citizen? Who cares? Who cares? She because there's because there's laws. I don't care. Destroying every bit tonight. And you think they matter? When it comes to politics. Well, Michael, I know this is all hypothetical and it's all like tug of cheek and it's satire, but Man, I want to yeah. make sure I just I, I bring the entire show to a halt yet again. <laughs> just as I want everyone to know that she can't actually run for president because she's born in Mexico. God, you're the scientist who disappointed everyone after Jurassic Park by saying you're dinosaurs fucking, were like chickens, a, not dinosaurs at all. You're a goddamn boner killer. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> He's Nobody a, cares I, about facts. You know, Bobby and, and Ryan have told me this about Steve, and I've never seen it until tonight. <laughs> he must be getting really. I mean, no more champagne dates. I think you're getting way too comfortable, Steve. I like the old Steve. Just fall in line. All right. For more Rain Man, visit Yeah! All right, welcome back, everyone, to Star Wars from the Back to Tank. If you miss any part of this broadcast, you can always find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Just search Star Wars from the Back to Tank. Leave us reviews as well, right, Dave? That's what we want? Oh, that's what we want, and that's what we need. Even if it's negative reviews, even if it's, hey, you suck, and you give us one star, I'll say fuck you, (laughs) but it helps us. And you'll get our attention. Yeah. (laughs) I'll I'll be honest, I don't read reviews. I don't. What? Why get my? I used to years ago, and then I would read like these guys are assholes. I'm like, well, <laughs> there goes my. I'm not going to read this anymore. There goes my energy. Yeah. All right. So you ready, Dave? All set. Doctor Afra. Okay, I just got to change my pants now because uh, oh. you just said it. <laughs> oh God! All you had to say was Doctor Afra. Done. It's kind of hot. An audiobook original has been revealed. And I got to change my pants again. That's right. Our favorite rogue archaeologist to star in a new audio drama, David. So this isn't mm-hmm. just an audio book. It's basically like Dooku Lost. This is like Lost. It's a full cast. It's a full cast. It's like Jedi Lost. Jet. And did we not say after... We listened to Kevin Scott's Jedi Lost. We all said we need more of that because that was some of the best Star Wars that we have been given during the Disney era. So the article says the doctor is in once more Star Wars dot com. And this week in Star Wars are excited to reveal Dr. Afra, an audiobook original. I really wish they would. Stop calling these audiobooks because they're not. They're audio dramas. Dramas, yeah. This is going to be an expanded adaptation of the archaeologist's introduction in Marvel's Darth Vader series. 
so we're not skipping to volume one of Dr. Afra. They're going to start where her story actually starts, which is in the pages of Darth Vader's first series that launched in 2015. Wait, wait. So we're getting a companion piece to this, to one of the best Star Wars comics. David, we're getting Darth Vader. We're getting Dr. Afra. We're getting BD-1 and Triple Zero and Black Chrysanthemum. My pants cannot contain all this. I did not expect this. The good news, Dave, is we know that if this does well, all it's going to do is raise those little antennas over at Disney. Like, wait a second. Like, we have something here. And finally, they're starting to fucking realize that they have gold. They've been sitting on gold since 2015. They should have known when the fans petitioned for there to be a toy made on a comic book character which they're not doing that in fact as far as i know since 2012 the only comic book character to get a toy is dr afra is dr afra that should have told them then that this is a very popular character and i'm hoping that if this does really well that they may say, all right, we we have to move forward with Dr. Afra stuff in live action form. Oh, my God, dude. They if, do. If we get Dr. Afra in live action form with the droids, with her crew. Oh, God. Yeah. That might be the that might be better than Rogue One than anticipating a Rogue One. Oh, if they man. made a if they made an announcement that there is a Dr. Afra series coming straight to Disney plus that beats everything that beats rogue one that beats Obi-Wan that goes on the top of at least my list yeah. of most anticipated even more so than Mandalorian the second season I if just hope to actually do I, that? I just started getting into these comics I just started reading it I highly seriously doubted that it was as good as you guys said it was I couldn't believe it but I did pick it up and oh my god it's, it's amazing. amazing yeah it's that, really good it, it, it's it's Afra and her crew. That's the that's the caveat to that. It has to be not just Afra. It's got to be the other guys. The storytelling is just so good. Yeah, it really is. And my only problem, or no, my only worry, because I always have worries, especially when you when you start liking characters, you start to get. It's better not to like things because then there's no <laughs> disappointment, Dave. <laughs> I hope. They're not going to change the story to fit any type of progressive agendas. Exactly. Because she's perfect as she is. She's completely flawed. She's a bad guy. She's not a good person. She's not evil, but she's not a good person. She's a bad guy. She's selfish. And her sexuality isn't necessarily important to the story. To the story. But she is a lesbian. And that's fine. And I love the way they handle the entire thing in the comic books because her being a lesbian isn't what defines her. And our sexuality shouldn't define any of us because who gives a shit if you take a tongue in your twat or dick? Exactly. Who cares? cares? It doesn't matter to who you are. Now, if the story is about sexuality, then okay, it can be a part of it. But that's not what Afra's story during those comics were about. Right. And I'm hoping that they don't try to do this adaptation in a way that kind of fits a larger audience that they're tr- maybe trying to reach. The 
the social media audience. Which I hope they're not. Yeah. I, I, I'm like you. I hope that they're not going to do it. Because- I can't see them doing it because why do you really want to be the person responsible for fucking up the, the pile of gold that they have? Because literally everyone loves this character. Everyone loves the character. Yes. This is the new Ahsoka in a lot of ways. Or yeah. she's not close to that, but she's it's been there. about 10, 15 years. If they keep doing these stories with her, she is going to be the new Ahsoka. That's what I, I'm hoping for, for this audio drama to kind of put Afra out there to kind of rival Ahsoka, say, in 10 years. Because she needs to be that type of character that can cross media boundaries where she could go from audio play to comic book. And then just like what you said, jump to live action. Same thing with Ahsoka. Ahsoka's from animation. Now we're getting her in live action because Ahsoka has become this arguably like the greatest character for Star Wars in the last 10 years. Yeah. I just let, let her be flawed. That's all I want yeah. more than anything. Let her be flawed. She's not very good at what she does. She's smart, but she fucks up a lot. She's like, I think she's relatable. I think we're all like that. Even if you're intelligent, you fuck up. But you brought up a very valid point, though, about saying, like, them trying to make Star Wars about an agenda. And unfortunately, the evidence is there. The evidence that basically they would do that. They would take characters. Oh, yeah, it's out there. And put, you know, agendas behind them. Well, and we'll wait before we get negative about it because I don't. I'm I'm gonna say right now we're okay. Yes, I can't imagine them reshaping the story in a way that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Well, be interesting to see what creative team they get. Well, Sarah Kun is the writer of the adaptation. Okay, I don't know much about her. So we shall see, but it is adapted from the original Vader series. So there's hoping there. And yeah. I'm assuming because this is adapted from Darth, the Darth Vader series that, and this is titled Dr. Afra. I'm assuming they're going to rewrite to focus more on her perspectives and probably trim down the Vader eccentric stuff, which would make sense. Yeah. Well, because you're calling this Dr. Afra. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited. Uh, the question is, will they get James Earl Jones to, to do Vader? <laughs> Vader? Oh, my God. That'd be so cool. Yeah. But unfortunately, he's getting up there. And David, shut up. You don't know. Don't even bring it up. Why you got, why you got to be negative? He's never going to pass on. Okay. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's immortal. All right. Well, you know what? This does bring us to the end of our show. I want to thank everyone for listening to to today to 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 <laughs> Jesus Christ. And you know what? Good thing I usually don't edit shows, but I think I'm going to cut all these fuck ups out. <laughs> Remix. All right. I want to thank everyone for listening to our discussions. Thank you, David. Thank you, Raina. Thank you. May the force thank be you. with us. Just talk all over, Raina. It's okay. No, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, asshole. Get more Star Wars discussions every month with the Back to Tank Patreon exclusive shows. From Star Wars comics and book reviews to speculative discussions and breakdowns. All when you pledge to our Patreon page. What? Go to patreon.com slash Rain Man Digital for more details. As you wish. Oh, yeah.
Yes. <laughs> 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 